0: greetings from Loonsville. This is Sid and I'm here again with Jeff. Oh yeah. We just finished watching The Funhouse Massacre.
1: One of the most fun horror films you can watch. It was was hilarious. And it's it's not too fun to not be scary or brutal. And I really feel like it's, it's almost a balance you need to get away with some of the things they do between, you know, the cannibalism and the graphic nature of some of the kills, like you would almost get an over the top. Fuck. No, you can't do this from the ratings board. (laughs) If you don't, add some light elements to it. I don't know. I think one of the...
0: Horror and comedy just go well together anyway.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Especially they always have... I, I've i always said that. I mean, some of the best horror films out there have that, that balance yeah. of comedy horror between, you know, the, the one-liners from later versions of Freddy Krueger uh, Charles Lee Ray, Chucky, he had amazing zingers that he threw out. You've you've always got that that fun element to some of the best horror films out there.
0: Yeah, it's especially gore films and stuff like films that are like meant to be like extremely gory and over the top with the blood. Yeah, they're always. Better with some kind of comedy element to it, like Tucker and Dale and <laughs> Tucker and Dale vs.
1: Evil is one of the other great horror comedies.
0: Yeah, Evil Dead 2. stuff like that.
1: Army of Darkness, <laughs> um, Army of Darkness. <laughs> oh, there are so no. many greats. This is uh, this is one of the um,
0: horror though. Yeah, it's more of an event, adventure, action. Movie. Army
1: of Darkness is more of a satire on its own work, and it's amazing for it. And this, mm-hmm. but this, this is more of a. This is just this is a lot of things wrapped into one, and it it does it beautifully. I love to say that, and um, there are some reviews out there that would disagree. With that,
0: no. But... <laughs>
1: the uh, actually, since we just talked about that, I want I want to actually directly quote <laughs> a review from the Seattle Times that says the problem is that the Funhouse Massacre isn't particularly funny nor scary, and if there is supposed to be an element of satire about our contemporary inability to sort out what is real from what's not, that falls flat too. And I want to say. Fuck you, Seattle Times. You are absolutely incorrect, Tom Kioff, who wrote that review. You don't know your shit. I'm singling you out as well as other people, but we'll get to the other people <laughs> later. I I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I think Funhouse Master is hilarious on several different levels, be it from the satire aspect, the lines delivered that were written by um damn it now i forgot his name ben ben bagley or bagley Mm. the uh the guy that plays the deputy in the movie yeah and I, i believe there's another writer as well um renee i think her name is but um yeah i i think the movie has several elements of humor. I think it is layered with humor as well as it's layered with different horror elements. Both, you know, the the brutal gore and just the scary nature of some of the serial killers. I, yeah. I think there's... I, I just think this movie has a lot of layers to it that are... Awesome, and they meld together almost perfectly, if not perfectly, to make this movie as great as it is.
0: I think it's really well made. It's like, um, no, it reminds me of like a full moon, um, picture, you know, like, um, like the Killjoy movies and stuff like that, yeah, Ginger Dead Man, <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of that because it's over the top and it's more just about entertaining you and having fun and making you laugh with jokes. And
1: Absolutely. And I, some I
0: of think the... oh, sorry, some jokes ahead. didn't land. Some jokes didn't land for me, but all in all, the movie itself was pretty funny.
1: Yeah. I mean, not everything is always going to land with everybody. And I think, I think that is where a lot of movies that try to do what this one did end up actually falling short as this review tries to say, this one did is that they get too into trying to please everybody. And then you end up pleasing nobody where this one definitely pleases, but it's not always like every moment going to be for you, which is, it's fine. You're never going to find something that, has as many layers as this does that hits with every single person on every single layer. And I think that people just need to appreciate that and <laughs> definitely ap- appreciate how many of the aspects of this movie do land and do hit perfectly.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, the over-the-top the gore and brutality is, is definitely great (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's believable too the effects people on this movie were amazing the the facial wounds the dismemberment, their dismemberment moments and stuff like that they look hyper realistic and they are very well done the comedy i mean some of the stuff especially the stuff ben wrote about himself as as the deputy some of that stuff is almost too cheesy (laughs) yeah it's almost eye rolling (laughs) and i i love it though i think it is quirky and it's fun and yeah there are definitely moments where you're like come on guy you're the sheriff's deputy like he can't shoot a gun he throws up at the sight of blood stuff like that you know you're you're almost like why and how (laughs) But yeah, other I stuff. You
0: have to take the test to even be in that position. I don't know. Well, I mean, in, in a small
1: <laughs> town like that, you just get deputized by a sheriff. So there, there really is no test. If you're willing to take the badge and do the job, then it's pretty much yours. Uh, you would
0: think they would do a little bit of training, especially some shooting training.
1: Oh, there definitely should be. This guy, uh, he should not leave the desk. <laughs> Yeah. But but, I love him for it. I love his character he He definitely makes me laugh. He brings humor to every scene he 's in, even if it 's an eye roll moment his His acting and his own writing for the character are are perfect. He doesn't make you not believe that he is that person, which is good. He sells that he is that naive and that Incapable of performing his duties. Uh, But his boss knows he's
0: incapable of doing his duties too.
1: Yeah, she does. (laughs) Which goes to show that nobody else wanted the job. I mean, they start out by saying that, you know, it's a small town, not many people live there to begin with. Nobody goes down to where the asylum is anymore the penitentiary or whatever you want to call it right so
0: they don't even need a deputy
1: no she pretty much utilizes him for what he was doing desk bound answering phones which he also is not very adept at he takes it off the hook when people keep calling saying people are being murdered but that's not necessarily his own fault since people were prank calling him before they really needed to call him
0: all right so what really worked for me was i uh, won't you want to just start with the basic story of it we're kind of going all over the place now
1: uh we we can run down the basic story so um we can we can just go directly through it i'll take out the the twists and just run through it so the daughter of a serial killer um uh, Murders a journalist, steals her ID, goes down to a penitentiary that houses six major psychotic serial killers. And she... are not
0: on paper.
1: Yes, they are unknown to the town being held there. And she murders my horror idol, Robert England. R.I.P., sir in the beginning moments of the movie to unleash all of these murderous fiends from their psychiatric prison. And they have unbeknownst to the town, been plotting a grand return to society and built up a funhouse maze of sorts, a, a haunted carnival, if you will, that has specific rooms dedicated to each one of these psychotic people. So then they take over this funhouse, and kids and adults are partaking in all the murderous pleasure, not really realizing that the majority of it is all real and people are being dismembered, tortured, eaten, carved up like,
0: Yeah, and they're recording it on their phone. (laughs) They're vining
1: it. They're Snapchatting it. They are Instagramming it. They are not caring. They are so desensitized by the world, which is part of that review (laughs) that it falls flat. It doesn't. That is 100% realistic. I've worked in haunted houses and haunted carnivals. And a lot of the attractions that you actually see in this, we actually had. And people do the, the exact same things that you see. I mean, a lot of them, you are not allowed to take out your phone and record or take pictures. It is foreboden. They actually have lockers at some of the attractions where you need to put your personal belongings both so you don't lose them and so you don't disturb the feeling of reality while you're going through it you know they don't want you to break that that sense of realism that you get when you're there it's hard to be scared and be in the moment when you're staring through your camera so if they did not do that it would be exactly like that people would be taking pictures they would be recording they wouldn't give a shit If you're knocking out your best friend with a mallet and then slitting their throat, they would just think, oh, this is so great. It looks so realistic. So they really do hit that perfectly.
0: Well, like some of it, you'd be like, I didn't know you're a part of the show. Um, (laughs) But... I get what you're saying. Like, I have no problem with the satire and stuff. I thought it was pretty funny. And I really liked the different rooms. Yeah. And especially when the different killers go to their designated (laughs) area. And all of them were just like, that's not how I did it. This is all These aren't real taxidermy
1: tools. This isn't real. I wasn't running a cheesecake factory.
0: (laughs) Right. So we have a cannibal, which was the a cook, right? oh, uh,
1: yeah, he was a chef that ended up feeding customers to customers.
0: Yeah. So and then we have the taxidermist who
1: the taxidermist who was disassembling females, the prettier the better, as it says, and re-stitching mm-hmm. them together and making. Pretty much human dolls. Yeah. And then we have, what, the dentist? The Dr. Suave. <laughs> the handsome dentist yeah. who, instead of actually taking out anybody's teeth or fillings, was drilling straight through their skulls and <laughs> ripping out their bicuspids and molars while they were alive before he did so.
0: Yeah. Not very Not nice Not at guy.
1: all. And then we've got my... <laughs> personal
0: Manson favorite
1: oh you want to do Manson next the uh, the occultist leader who had a cult that he set on fire but my favorite character of them all played by the wonderful Candace DeVisser who is also in um oh my god <laughs>
0: Camp Co- yeah, we
1: we we just did a review on it and we just watched that Andy Palmer's other amazing work that just came out, Camp Coldbrook. Listen to the podcast for that. Watch that movie. Check that out. I am happy to announce that come April, we are going to have Andy Palmer and Alex, the writer and director on the podcast, to talk to them about that movie. But back to what I was saying about Candace. She is an amazing actress, and I loved her in this movie, as Quinn, the daughter of the cult leader, she... Man. a.k.a. Stitch uh, Face? Is that what Yeah, Stitch Face. I think that's what they nicknamed her, because she cut up her victims' faces and then stitched their eyes and mouths shut. Yeah. Amazing. I, <laughs> I loved her. She is one of the most fun and brutal characters in the whole thing. And then... Um, who haven't we touched on other than the clown? The clown you got bane. everybody but the clown, right?
0: Clown so, bane.
1: clown bane. Yeah, then we have the professional wrestler who was banned for killing too many opponents. He is massive and unstoppable. He, he is he, crazy. He's superhumanly he strong. I mean, I, you look at his size and you can totally believe it. He is absolutely oh, not. <laughs> He's like massive. He's almost like Jason. He years, is, he I is love. like, oh, I want to say that guy has got to be close to six feet eight inches, and he's he's easily got to be 330 pounds, maybe even more. He's he's a big dude. You go rip your head off. He, yeah, he rips that guy's head clean off his shoulders and just tosses it behind him like, fuck this head. And he's like, yeah, takes this. a bullet, doesn't care. As a matter of fact, he takes several bullets and a shotgun blast and doesn't give a shit, but you'd have to watch all the way through the credits to find that out.
0: Well, he does care about the um, one shot from the sh- when the deputy finally learns how to shoot yeah, a gun.
1: when he becomes Dirty Harry, or as he says, Wyatt motherfucker.
0: Yeah, he becomes Clint Eastwood, twirls his gun, I shoots him. Oh,
1: I loved I loved all of his kills. That's I cares. think the clown has almost the best. Well, so over yeah, the top. almost the best over the top kills. Actually, he might have the best over the top kills. The dentist would I, come in yeah. second for over the top, and Stitchface would come in first place for real, visceral, brutal kills. Her kills weren't over the top at all hers were throat slitting actually i take that back the bathroom scene where she gets into a fight with um candace i think is her name actually so we have candace playing stitch face and then we have the character candace if i'm not or christina i'm sorry it it was uh christina Uh, they get a fight which is it's a good fight, right, and that awesome. is very realistic. She cuts her face and instead of cowering or running, this girl just goes to town, and starts beating on the killer, which I believe to be a very well written part you don't you don't get a lot of that, you don't get a lot of strong victims,
0: and she almost she does
1: man, she was drowning her, and then uh, Stitch stitchface gets her footing, turns it on her picks her up, and sticks her onto the code hook on a stall door right through her Adam's apple. It is...
0: Which I think was an accident. <laughs> Which part? Because she... Like, the, how she dug, Because I don't think she looked at the handle and go, Ooh, well, that's what I'm going to do. It was like she pushed her and it just happened to be
1: there. Yeah, I think it might have been a happy accident. <clears throat> she might have intentionally pushed her through it. Either way, it is one of the more unique kills... You will see in a movie, and even in this one.
0: I like how, like, during the whole scene where they're fucking, like, the girl and. While she's telling him that he's terrible at eating her out. (laughs) Well.
1: I love that.
0: Did you see where the focus of the camera was? It was always on that fucking hanger. You always think something's (laughs) gonna happen with that hanger, and then it finally.
1: Yeah, they kinda. They kinda of allude to it. It's it's a little uh it's a little game of Look at me, look at me. You'll see me in a bit. Remember where this is. Remember this fucking hangar. Wherever you see me, you're gonna see this hangar. Oh man. And then uh God, back to the clown's kills though, the over top kills that the clown has. The the two favorite kills of mine. Mikey Reed, man. I, I loved Mikey Reed in this movie as just the the stoner, lighthearted dude. And his buddy gets it several, well, not several, I guess. A few minutes before him, he just gets body slammed to death. and When well, he just like gets picked up. Yeah, like, just like head shattered on the fucking concrete. And then we get Mikey who's running away, dude. And he trips over somebody playing one of those shooting games, I think. I can't remember exactly what they're playing because you're more focused on Reed's character. And you get, you get him running and trips over their foot, tries crawling away, gets turned over, head lands on the block of the what is it the strong man game or i can't remember what they call it where you ring yeah. the bell you know what i'm talking about i think it's a strong and the man clown game. just smashes right through his skull with that hammer and rings the bell a strong dude Yeah. and then the second great <laughs> kill from him for me the jock who actually isn't that douchey he's not a dick of a jock he's actually a decent dude it's really sad to see him get killed but he is trying to save his friends and puts himself in harm's way stupidly enough tries to spear a dude that's easily double his size and triple his weight he doesn't it doesn't work out for him he gets his face compressed straight through a chain link fence in brutal fashion i i love the effect of that it it's cool. super well done. It looks so realistic. Uh,
0: it looked really cool. I
1: think I I just I can't say it enough. I think the effects people on this movie did amazing work. They they really oh, yeah. they sell every single every single kill every single attack. It looks it looks perfect. It
0: looks pretty good, and it's it's ridiculous fun like i got to say like
1: it is it is over the top but they sell the reality of it the realness of it they keep it in the realm of believability with how with how real the prosthetics look with how real the the uh the props look it's it's crazy to to watch and you really actually believe it Aside from, you know, realizing that it's a movie, it, it looks very real.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like how Clown Bane is wearing somebody else's face.
1: Yeah, that is, that is the third best moment from him is when he just palms that guy's head and rips his face clean off. And, and yeah, it. then he's wearing it for the rest of the movie. He's actually, I think that is the cover art for the movie is the picture is, of yeah. him with the face on and you would think that it's just a mask until you see the movie and realize he's wearing somebody else's face. <laughs> and that that even that scene where he rips the face off the the skin and blood and everything being torn off looks so gruesome and real. It's it's great. And everybody in the movie, I I love their performances. The believability of it even with with the comic humor and some of the -the over-the-top scenes the scenes are over the top but the acting is never overacting and it's it's always it's always grounded which is good because it helps to keep it scary and gruesome regardless of how over the top some of the scenes are
0: yeah, everyone but the deputy. <laughs> yeah, grounded. I think,
1: I think uh, the deputy's character is the most ridiculous thing in the movie, which is perfectly yeah. fine. And I think it, it kind of balances how deep and dark the story and the moments are. I think it gives it some levity, which, which isn't a bad thing. Because I mean, it is supposed to be a fun movie, and yeah,
0: it's it, it really he I really like it.
1: sells it. You know, he is definitely the um, the Don Knotts of the movie, and I love Don Knotts, and I loved the stuff that he did, and I think I think it's it's kind of a great homage to to that character and that actor, whether or not that's intended. I'm I'm not sure, but to me, the, the throwback in honor of Don Knotts as the deputy is clear and is appreciated. Yeah. I miss Don Knotts. I'm just going to say it. Rest in peace, man. He was... Oh, yeah, I, I grew up watching his shit, and I, I love it. I miss it. Fuck, even the Scooby-Doo meets Don Knotts, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, some of that is is my favorite stuff and going back to the believability of the movie and the great acting, the great just direction of the film, I want to touch on another shitty review of this movie from The Village Voice, Simon Abrams amateurish direction and generic characterization make a light premise, serial killers slaughter Aurora. rural Carnival's haunted house patrons while pretending to be carnies. It feels like a slog. Go fuck yourself, sir, because the directing is definitely not amateurish. I I would be hard-pressed to say that it is anything less than just amazing. I think it is top-notch directing. I think every single actor in the movie the extras just anybody I I can't I can't find anything wrong with the direction of the movie or the directing of the movie and I think I think to call it a slog is just egregious it's not it's not close is the movie fun and at some time like minimal times a little campy yeah it is is that on accident probably not i mean i'm guessing that ben knew what he was doing when he wrote the deputy character and the rest of the movie and it's it's obvious that that is a purposeful play into the movie and i i wouldn't call it a slog The, the movie definitely hits its mark it's not a failure by any means Especially not to me. I I fucking get it, and I loved it. I love every aspect of the movie.
0: Yeah, I like really campy movies too. So like, I really liked it.
1: Yeah, and it's not overly campy. It still hits that horror mark, and it's still, like the first time I saw it, some of the, some of the kills are cringeworthy, and some of the moments are, are gripping. When Mikey Reed. Mikey, as he is called in the movie, when he gets killed with that hammer, I was fucking sad. <laughs> when the jock got his face pressed through the fence, I was upset. When Christine got killed in the bathroom, I was shocked. I wasn't necessarily upset because, I mean, yeah, I knew it was coming. I, I felt it coming. But at first, I was I was thinking she was going to make it when she started fighting back, by the way, I I don't know of any other movies where the slutty, promiscuous girl fights back and actually almost wins against the killer. So that, I think, was really cool writing and unique, especially yeah, but... at its time. I mean, now with the whole women movement in movies being stronger and better written, you see a lot more of that but i want to say this movie was what 5 6 years ago now maybe 5 years yeah well uh, it'll be uh
0: 2015 yeah
1: so well it's 4 years and some months but yeah you really didn't see writing like that yet where women were like fuck bitch you just cut my face and then they just start you know kicking ass the, the, most of the time, that chick would have been a one and done. She would have just been stabbed and it's over. And I feel like.
0: Well, she would have ran you, and then tripped. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah, <laughs> you'd get that campy, generic, you know, played out horror movie moment where she gets attacked, she runs, she trips, she gets attacked, she runs, she trips, she gets killed. And I feel like they really they really did her character justice and the movie justice by not doing that and having her stand up and be like, no nah, dude, it's going down. <laughs> uh-huh. She almost, she almost gets it, wins. but you can't kill off stitch face right in the beginning, especially since she is the final girl. It is also, I have to point out, very unique that the final girl in the movie is actually the main killer in the movie i mean spoiler (laughs) alert it's awesome and you you don't really see that you see it you see it in movies where the killer survives but the final girl also makes it and in this one the final girl gets killed by the killer (laughs) At the end of yeah. the movie. I mean, you don't see her get killed by the killer at the end of the movie, but you know she got killed in the back of that ambulance.
0: Well, they they changed it up because towards the end of the movie, it was them hunting the Kill. killer. So they switch it. Yes. So by this time, you think that she's dead and she... um. I do like, We're going to do spoilers. Oh, right? yeah. I've
1: already laid out a bunch of them, so...
0: Right, so, like, she disguises herself as the sheriff. And escapes.
1: <laughs> yeah, she climbs in the back so... of the ambulance disguised as one of her own victims, which is smart. And has happened in other horror movies, but... Not in as a unique fashion. Well, you think
0: they're all dead because, like, they went back and like killed all the funhouse people. The got the
1: Manson yep. guy, the cult leader, and they got the uh, they got the, the cannibal thing. cook. They got the taxidermist. He took six rounds to the chest from the deputy. Once he learned how to shoot. <laughs> and then the deputy threw up three times. <laughs> Which I also thought was fun and funny because he's from a small town. He's never had to shoot anybody before. He wasn't prepared for what it, what it felt like or looked like. So that's the thing was like he
0: was all excited in the murder scene and he's seen the blood there. He's finally
1: Oh no. Well <laughs> he he saw it he in didn't grow up. Yeah. In the beginning, but when they're in the when they're in the psych ward and he sees all the murder, he is freaked out by the blood on the floor and everything. He didn't throw up, but
0: No, but like he was perfectly fine and like was jumping around for the oh, yeah. murder in the hotel room, but once you go to another place he's just like oh man, it's more fucked up. Here.
1: Deputy, would you please dismount the victim?
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, it's that kind of stuff. Like, at first, he is like super cool with it, and then he's grossed out by it. it looks, at one point, he can't shoot, and then he's a pretty good shot.
1: Well, to be fair...
0: To be fair. <laughs> to be fair. To be
1: fair. He originally you know, was making a play on... It was an accident, and she was being robbed and tripped and killed herself. <laughs> and I think, yeah. I think the brutality coming to light might be what disturbed him as for the the vomiting about the blood. I, I get your disconnect there. That makes sense. I think that was more, he did it and that's what grossed him out and why he threw up because he oh, had yeah. never, you know, shot and killed somebody before. I don't think it was necessarily oh, the that... amount of blood or anything mm.
0: No, that's what, I wasn't saying that. I was saying, like, even with, like, he's perfectly fine with it in the, like, gruesome stuff. In the,
1: in the, the motel room where they find the journalist? Yeah. Yes. but He's fine and playing with it. He, he's holding the murder weapon yeah. in his hand. <laughs> Deputy, are you really holding the murder weapon in your hand without gloves on right now? So, guess who the prime suspect gonna be when we run prints?
0: See, and I don't see like people like is is that kind of stuff because like I understand it's um like it's funny, like it's goofy, and I understand what they're doing. But like with some of these people that are reviewing it and stuff, I could understand them going. What kind of cop is he? What the fuck? Well,
1: yeah, I can understand them not entirely appreciating the level of humor that his character brings, or the satirization of shitty detectives and cops, sheriffs. Yeah, I mean, they're just making fun of horror movies. in various horror films. I, I think, I think if you overread into it, it ruins the appeal. And I I also think if you if you don't have the sense of he's a fucking idiot and it's cool, you know that might yeah it might ruin it for you or at, at minimal give you some kind of pause or distaste for his character, which I I totally get I get why people would feel like that I. I just appreciate him for what he was, except for a few moments. Even I have a few moments with his character where you're like, wow, you're really a deputy. Yeah. Like when he originally takes or, out the gun and he's shooting everything but the target. <laughs> yeah. It's, um...
0: And like- Sometimes you just look at someone you can't really be that stupid. Oh
1: yeah, all the time. <laughs> at least in this movie though, I I find it fun and I find it light. And there, there there are borderline moments, definitely. But there are characters in movies where like it just it ruins the movie. And
0: Oh yeah, and I think this movie's kinda making fun of that. Like they're making fun of those yeah. movies that have the stupid
1: cop yeah i think he does a great job of pushing that boundary between believable idiot and just there's no fucking way like it it just it ruins the whole thing there are characters in movies that are so stupid and written so overwhelmingly idiotic that i just i can't even take the movie seriously And I feel like every time they get to that point in this movie, they pull back from it right when they would need to. But I also then I also feel like they pull back a little too hard too fast right at the end of the movie. But it works out. Right. It doesn't It doesn't necessarily ruin the movie. It is kind of a what-the-fuck moment that he goes from being Deputy Dumble-ass to, you know, Wyatt Earp within a matter of minutes. But hey, tragedy and you know, life or death situation might just trigger that in somebody. He has been carrying that gun for who knows how long. and He did just shoot it and kill somebody for the first time. Maybe it struck a cord, obviously he wanted to be a cop. He's twirled a gun i don't I don't think anybody should ever twirl a loaded gun. It does not work out like that
0: no, not especially not that good. um
1: it, it's uh it's heavy. you will click that hammer, you will shoot yourself or you know wildly into the air but again i yeah. love I love that they did it with him. I I like his character in the movie. I think it adds a lightness to the entire thing. And I think without it, the movie wouldn't be as as fun or as light as it is. I think if you took his character out and his what the fuck moments, it would change the entire feel of the movie. I don't
0: I I think it would be
1: just as funny without it. <laughs> I I I don't. I think he I I think it would still have its funny moments, but I, I really like I said, Don Knotts fan and that guy, he totally his his character's writing and just the way he even is portrayed through the movie, I, I think he is he's a throwback to a great dumbling detective slash deputy. He's a bumbling idiot and he plays it well. He, uh, I, I just, I liked it. I love this movie. So, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything bad about any character. There are, as I said, those, those disconnect points and the what the fuck moments for specifically that character. But I think. I think they're on purpose and oh yeah I I don't think purpose. they're off the mark. I don't think they take away from the movie and I don't think that without them I mean if you try to actually think about the light moments in the movie with without his scenes it's not as playful, I guess I'm trying to say. There there's definitely still some comedic moments, but they're dark comedy moments where you you know, you're looking at satirizations of today's society and the disconnect people have for gore and horror because everybody is so desensitized by, I don't know, lack of proper upbringing, like not realizing when something is real. And I, I hate to admit it, but I know plenty of idiots that are just like that. That that just Mm -hmm. don't have common sense or the ability to really grasp situational awareness. (laughs) And this movie is full of them. On purpose. Mm -hmm. So I, I think those are the only light things in the movie and I don't think I don't think those are light enough or fun enough. The killers are the other light characters and fun characters because they're playing off their sadistic psychotic nature and to you and me yeah. you know that's great and that is funny I I love that shit. I live for it I don't know if other people do and I think having I think having the deputy dumbass in there really makes the movie watchable for a wider audience and gives them a a kind of calm down moment between brutalities and between graphic scenes. I mean a lot of those scenes don't seem that bad to me, but to other people those might be overly realistic and graphic. Yeah. Um what's the title of this movie? The Funhouse Massacre? <laughs>
0: You're not expecting it to be brutal or whatever. You yeah. Just, I think you're watching the wrong movie. I know,
1: but I mean it's also fun. They put the fun in fun house, man. <laughs> <laughs> I I really loved it. I like I like Andy Palmer's directing. I really do. I think oh. I think he definitely has a talent and I I mean, you know, we just watched Camp Coldblood, so I, I was an early fan of his work and we just got to see, you know, his, his unfunny unsatirized potential in camp cold blood or <laughs> camp cold blood camp, yes. cold brook. I said cold blood twice camp, cold brook. I'm sorry. I think that was pretty liquor satirey too. Though. I, I don't think it was satire I think, um, I think that was, there's, there's not much humor in that movie. It's,
0: well, it's, it's still playing against certain tropes and it. Well, yeah, but I mean, like it's, it it's a,
1: hard to, it's hard to make anything that you're not going to have stuff like that in. it. no,
0: it seems pretty perfect. Like, you know, like in this where it's, it's pretty purposeful. The oh,
1: like, absolutely.
0: The, I think everything in that was pretty pur- Like it was. I think I had something to say. I think, like he's a good director.
1: I, and... I do. I really do believe that. I think Andy Palmer is a great director, and I think, I think if we're lucky, and if he if he has his way and keeps getting to do what he likes to do loves to do is passionate about we're going to see a lot of great directorial works from him to come i yeah. look forward to it i i really i enjoyed this movie a lot and <laughs> i uh i'm not going to lie the first time i saw it i really I knew Robert England was going to bite it, and i didn't know if I was going to like the movie after that because <laughs> i I love Robert England and Robert England loves indie horror he loves horror period he is an amazing actor without horror but he is he's great to see in horror movies, and he comes on for bit roles in a lot of independent films, and sometimes he doesn't make it um you know, there's, there's a few that I could name that he doesn't live through, and it, it hurts yeah. me every time. Just like I was <laughs> saying about Danielle Harris in Halloween. I I love Danielle Harris, and I hate to watch her die, but she's all for it. Yeah. On screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like... And also, Ben. I mean, I, I don't know if it's luck of the draw or if you know, Andy just gets to pick these great scripts and screenplays from these people. But I think Ben and I still want to say her name was Renee. I really hope that I'm not screwing that up, but I don't think I am. I think it was Ben and Renee who uh, did the story for the movie and Ben Bagley himself, who did the screenplay for the movie. And I th- I think they did an amazing job with the writing. And it's it's great to yeah. have a strong team, both in writing and in directing. That is a really great start. But he also gets these amazing casts and... A few of the people in this we got to see come back for Coldbrook, which was nice. Candice DeVisser, who was Stitch Face in this. Mikey Reed, who played Mikey. Both of them are in his new movie that just came out on Valentine's Day. Camp Coldbrook. Yeah. Um, And they, they both perform very well. Mikey is a lot more likable in this one. I will say that.
0: <laughs> I yeah. was
1: sad to see him die in this. He's kind of a dick <laughs> in Camp Coldbrook, But yeah. He's, yeah. he's written very well into it. He performs very well into it. I think he is a, he's a good... I think he's a great talent. I shouldn't say he's a good actor. I think he's a great talent. And then there's there's some people in this that are that are big names, and they, yeah. you know, they they do great work as well. Um, Robert Englund, who plays Clint the Warden, obviously right off the bat. You got fucking Jir Burns, Mental Manny. You got um, Clint Howard, the taxidermist. I mean, anytime you bring Clint Howard into a horror movie. Or into yeah. anything. Clint Howard, he is—he's extremely talented, and I just—I—I I love seeing him. And I think—I think we could have a movie about him as the taxidermist by itself. <laughs> and Dollface is Candice Visser's actual character name, by the way. I—I I just thought about it because I—I oh. had messaged you while we were watching the movie, talking about because I was trying to figure out where I'd seen her before and it was cuz we had just watched camp coldbrook the other day so that uh oh, it's dull Yeah, the face. face but they they call her stitch face the um the residents the citizens uh, and then um god who was it that played machete <laughs> i don't even remember his name uh eric chavaria <laughs> chavaria <laughs> the the bunk ass machete costume machete that he is Portraying is hilarious to me. He's got the, the black wig on. He has one knife that's like a nine inch blade, and he calls it a machete. And then he's got he's got a wooden mallet and a wooden spoon in his vest, <laughs> <laughs> which he he later uses to try and attack the the cannibal chef.
0: The cannibal, yeah.
1: Which yeah. is is hilarious to me. But, um, I think, I think Jer Burns might be, aside from Robert England one of the bigger, more well-known actors in the movie. He's, um, yeah, he's been on a lot of TV shows that I watch and like, and he's been in a lot of movies that are also really great. And I think... I think altogether the cast was really solid throughout the entire movie. Everybody.
0: Yeah, you're you're right about that. I think the movie was just pretty good. Like the it's funny, it's gory. And if you like funny and gory stuff, just check it out.
1: Oh I would definitely recommend watching this movie for sure. I mean I have recommended people watch this movie so <laughs> I would never not I I just hope that they can appreciate it for what it is and not just berate it because of how fun and momentarily campy it is while also being you know, really brutal. Yeah. I I don't know why, but I just thought about the old man that gets left in the diner. I I was like <laughs> I wonder what, what the think? fuck is he doing at the end of the movie? Is he still there waiting for his bill?
0: Right, that should have been the end credits. <laughs> that should have
1: been the after credit scene. Can I get my check? <laughs> no, I like the after credit scene where uh The clown comes back.
0: Clown Bane comes back.
1: Clown Bane definitely comes back. He wanted (laughs) to not go out. He wasn't willing. (laughs) So, all
0: right. So, we both recommend this flick. So, you, the viewer, or the listener, could find it on Amazon Prime if you want to check it out. It's available for prime members. Yeah, you
1: can also um it's it's on prime for rental too. So if you don't have an Amazon Prime membership, you can you can rent it through Amazon. Yeah. Which I mean, I I would recommend. It's not expensive and it's definitely worth the view. Otherwise, I'm sure you could find it on um the Apple Store or other things like that. I'm sure there's other digital copies out there. And there's oh, definitely goodness. physical copies you could Buy the movie. I recommend doing it. I recommend at least watching it. Especially if you have Prime. Yeah, give it a watch.
0: If you have Prime, give it a watch. And if you really like it, go ahead and try to get a physical copy of it. Same thing with um, Camp Coldbrook. I would recommend... Oh, yeah.
1: you? I'm all about recommending Camp Coldbrook. That. And I can't, I can't wait to get to do our our full review on that come April. That's going to be really fun, especially with our two special guests, man. That's, that's really, right. it's that's really fun. awesome that they want to do that. All right. All right. So
0: let's go ahead and sign off with this. All right. So you want to tell them where they can find you?
1: Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, Every social media, just Jeef Bird, G double E F Bird. I am, I'm everywhere. Um, I prefer and implore all horror fans or horror affiliates to find me on the slasher app, it is a wonderful community of horror lovers and horror advocates, partakers, horror artists, horror directors, writers, people that are just fans. Everybody's great. It's it's wonderful. I I call them my horror family. So the slasher app that would be my number 1. And I know that that's where they can find you as well.
0: Yep. I'm on the Slasher app. as Slippery Cannibal.
1: Slippery. Yeah, you didn't say your are um bird I totally said it. GWF bird It's the same on everything. Twitch, yeah. Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, kick, <laughs> fucking... There, there is nothing you can't look me up by on that name. As a matter of fact, if you Google GWEF bird you get me. It is my name. I own it. Trademarked, bitches. By the way, that shit's not fucking cheap to trademark something. (laughs) I'm sure it's not. But it is well worth it. Because if anybody ever tries to steal my handle on anything, they can't. Because I can just legally take it. I know, that seems a little rude and ruthless, but... It's not. Dick.
0: Uh, that's, that's how I show. What a great ending.
1: Me being a dick. <laughs> Legal asshole. Dick. Fucking. <laughs> I'll call the law. I am the law. Oh, I didn't even touch on that. I really liked the fucking, I am the law. I don't I don't know if you uh, know this, but. Good.
0: Fucking <laughs>
1: Uh Judge Dredd. <laughs> Oh yeah, so I do a Sylvester Stallone impersonation that uh, I'm the <laughs> everybody always gives me shit about my Sylvester Stallone impersonation, and they're like, Sylvester Stallone doesn't talk like that. And I'm like, no, he doesn't, but Rob Schneider does when he's impersonating Sylvester Stallone.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I fucking I love it. Alright, now we can totally sign off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fucking dread, <laughs> <laughs> fucking Chuck Norris. Yeah, fucking Chuck Norris. Oh, Judge
0: Dredd is gonna be a movie. We, need we to should do
1: that. that. <laughs> we should do Judge Dredd. And then and Dredd. then dread. So like this was Carl Urban, man. <laughs> Definitely, I'm I'm so in for that. All right. Well, thank you everybody uh, for listening. I appreciate you.
0: Alright you y'all have a good night. <laughs> <laughs>